break it down. Break it down. Break it down like this. Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Running Show brought to you by Tempo Fit. I'm Hamish Meacham and joining me as always, or I'm joining him really, it's, it's Hayden Sherman. Hayden, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Very good. It's been a couple of weeks since we last did the show, so yeah. we have lots of news to catch up on. And um, First of all, um, we have to give you a massive congratulations. You, you're about to tie the knot. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, so I'm engaged yeah. now. I think think I'd actually mentioned on the show at one stage that, I, <laughs> that you I, I bought the ring like a year ago, and I'm like, well, Kelly doesn't listen to the show, so no one tell her. Um, so, yeah, so finally popped the question. I, we, we didn't record last week, was it? Yeah, yeah. didn't yeah. record last week because um, I was away up north on holiday, and uh, yeah. With, with a big plant proposed. Uh, it was all beach somewhere. Yeah, it was all pretty shambolical it, it just happened but it was us and uh, it worked well she said yes tricked her into it so <laughs> there have been a few few beers involved but um no it's, it's good so we'll uh we're just looking at venues and stuff now seeing if we can just she she kind of was like oh yeah we, when are we gonna do it and i was like oh no need to muck around you know <laughs> yeah. so i was like oh yeah later this year Turns out it's real hard to find a venue. I bet. Uh, Auckland yeah. must be crazy. Well, we, we're, we're the benefit. Even, um, we've given up on Auckland. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're looking down like Waikato and stuff now. Because, Fair enough. Yeah. 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 We had, we had the benefit of Charlotte's parents actually run a wedding facility. Really? Yeah, that, that was kind of helpful. Where are they? <laughs> In Wellington. Ah, uh, yeah. Hutt uh, Valley. Yeah. It Silver rain. Stream Retreat, if anyone's listening, uh, I'll give yeah. them a little plug. Give them a shout out. That's yeah. good. Very good. Excellent. Um, but yeah, congratulations, man. Cheers. That's awesome. Very exciting. Cheers. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do all that later this year. So that's um, exciting. But uh, nice. yeah, enough about me. How are things going for you? How's the running? Yeah, yeah, good. Running's actually not too bad. I'm still still got these sinus issues, but it's actually coming along. I'm doing, doing some good, good little workouts and feeling good yep. yeah cool yeah cool it's nice good good but um if i'm feeling good camille buscom must be feeling amazing at the moment because that's probably the biggest news in the last couple of weeks yeah um so we've had her on the show a couple of months ago after she won the zatapec ten thousand meters in australia and yeah. that was kind of a bit of a sign like she's she's tracking well and then sort of seeing some of her workouts she's doing over with the melbourne track club with yeah. Nick Badeau's group yeah. and training at altitude over there. Yeah. And you can't always tell via social media, but yeah. when I looked at it, it, you could kind of read between the lines or, or, or look at the imagery, and it always looked to me one of two possibilities. She was either taking photos at the start of the workouts, which was really, <laughs> really comfortable, fresh. or she was handling those workouts really well. And those work, those those girls she's training with are world class. Really, yeah, yeah. they technically are, are a whole step above where she was at. Yeah, and it looked like she was working out with them, even beating them in in, in a lot of the reps and stuff. Yeah. So and. I remember specifically a few images of, of the Aussie girls behind her with contorted faces <laughs> yeah. and like slouching form and Camille's just got, you know, her nice, yeah. normal, uh, almost perfect running form, relaxed face. I was like, oh, yeah. God, continues to look good. And, yeah, yeah she's, 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 she's pulled, she's pulled out a big one. So it was uh, happened at the Peyton Jordan Invitational. 
uh, which is at Stanford University in California. Um, it is basically a series of time trials. Yeah. Um, over the longer it's distances. It's World Champs qualifiers. So yeah, a lot yeah. of people line this one up, yeah. get the qualifier done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 um, she smashed it. So where did she finish? Doesn't really matter. I think she was about <laughs> eighth or ninth uh, in the race. But it's she, funny this race, eh? Like, oh, it, doesn't, um, it just doesn't matter. It's you not just hop on the train yeah. and <laughs> hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole. It's a different thing, uh, you know. And that can be hard. For, for someone to understand if they're, they're not familiar with the sport of track and field, particularly long distance running. But, you know, by and large, where you finish, unless it's a, a championship race, where you finish is just irrelevant. Yeah. And most athletes generally uh, will run a limited number of times a season and, uh, and they're, they're out to, to improve their best times. And I'm really distracted because <laughs> we're down here at the Auckland Domain and there's this awesome dog uh, there's, who, there's about uh, there's a million seagulls yeah. on on a muddy outfield. There is literally about <laughs> 200 seagulls, and this dog just went and chased them all away. He's <laughs> in the zone. Eh? Some people just yeah. like to watch the world burn, and this, <laughs> this dog is one of them. So, that, sorry, huge distraction there. But anyway, tell us about the time, Hayden. Yeah, so it was, or you've, uh, I'll need to bring up the results here. So 31.45 for the 10,000 metres, which is a 41 second improvement and that's uh, that's almost a minute faster than I've ever run yeah it, it's pretty speedy and it's almost a minute faster than she needed to run so it's yeah. it's um or how 30 much seconds under the 8 Thir- yeah that's a lot 30 seconds faster than what she needed to run to go to the world champs so she didn't she hasn't just snuck under she smashed it and yeah. that in itself is quite rare for someone going to their first world championships like yeah. that's really so what that indicates to me is um, if she was to jump on the track and run a 5k um, she would be quite likely to hit that qualifying standard as well. Yeah, There's no true. way that you can run 31.45 and not be in good enough shape to run 15.20. 15, 15, 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, i got to agree. So what's that sort of pace per lap, 31.45? I'm struggling to work that out. Well, it's about 3.10 per K, isn't it? Yeah. Just a tick over. Yeah. Um, so so 75, fast, 75 seconds per lap, thereabouts, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 76s. Yeah. So yeah. it's really that's steaming along. Yeah, um, so. and that that puts her third in the New Zealand all-time list behind Kim Smith and Nyla and Carroll. Nyla Carroll. So they're two of our um, top ever yeah. female distance runners. Kim Smith, consistently Obviously. one of the um, highest-ranked female marathon and long-distance runners in the world, and and Nyla Carroll, a former Commonwealth Games medalist over the marathon. So yeah, um, awesome. An esteemed company there. So when did she? Do you remember when she won her her medal? Nyla Carroll. Yeah. It was before she broke out on the track. So okay. She's she had quite a long career, but she was being coached by Arthur Lydiard. And I think she won that marathon medal in 94 in Victoria. Okay. And then uh, came, had a, a bit of a, a lull in her career and then came back in the late 90s when she was coached by Dick Quacks. And that's when she ran, uh, I think she ran 15.09 in Christchurch oh, wow. for 5K, which was like a real revelation. Like that was like crazy stuff. No, and that was, sorry, that was 96 when she did that. So, um, because she went to the 96 Olympics and, you know, unfortunately didn't fire at the Olympic Games. Um, But, yeah, she 
great runner, neither Carol, all yeah. the same. So yeah. At, at that same meet, or well, I think it was the same meet, um, we had our good friend Jake Robertson. Was it Jake? It was Jake. Yeah. Yeah, he was lining up for the 10,000 metres. I think he pulled out yeah. at some stage. Yeah, um, I'm not a, sure if there's an injury. Yeah, he's a DNF. And again, I'm, you know, I haven't talked to Jake, so I'm just reading between the lines on social media. He He's coming back from two years of... Of yeah, injury serious problems. injury problems, yeah. um, and he's trained in stops and starts, but he's had some he's had some pretty serious setbacks, um, and so the kind of messaging that I've picked up is that it was uh, more just a cautious um, approach. Yeah, Pro- probably could have kept on going, but might have then led to him having to take two or three weeks off, which would have if you have to take two or three weeks off this close to the world champs. There's no use having a world champs qualifier because your your yeah, training would yeah. be so compromised heading into world. So he did the right thing by pulling the pin. Um, I I I know he's got a start in. Um, uh, there's a race in Belgium, Houston. I don't know if yep. that's how you say it, but um, let's go with that. I've heard he has a, a start there if he wants to take it up. Um, so he would have had that in the back of his mind uh, mm. to go and run there. And t- to be honest, you know, I know some people hate hearing this, um, Jake isn't interested in running the world champs qualifying standard you know he's his goals are much much higher than that yeah so you know i I think there's a certain level of detachment that both of the twins had they've had their setbacks and you can understand you know with jake having missed the rio olympics you can understand they've developed this attitude where they don't their life is running, but they don't pin everything on making it to the world champs, yeah, to the Olympics, yeah. you know? And so it's a bit of a, I won't say easy come, easy go, because, you know, they'll, they'll he'll be gutted to have to have pulled out of that race. But they roll with the punches and, and they know yeah. they just are continually looking forward to bigger and better things. The, the, they're getting um, some pretty big money offers to run marathons now. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's that's that's where their future will lie. I think they're incredibly marketable, and and the money that they're being offered to run the big city marathons will lure them sooner or later. I can't wait to see one of them give it a debut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, we've got. To... I, I would be surprised if the New Zealand re- record stands after either of their debut. New Zealand record is an adjusted two oh eight fifty nine. Yeah, by uh, yeah. by uh, Rod right Dixon, yeah, yeah. Um, in New York, he actually ran a bit faster, but the course was later found to have been a couple of meters short, so they oh, adjusted they it. Adjust it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's these. You got to remember, these guys are both uh, sixty-minute or sub-sixty-minute half marathoners, yeah. so you know they'll be very comfortable going through halfway in sixty-two, sixty-three, um, and I can't see them blowing up. Yeah, I just can't. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these boys are the real deal um, we just need to it's it's hard for us as fans we have such high expectations um, and they do do things a little differently they're, they're on the Jake and Zane plan they're yeah. not on the Athletics New Zealand plan they're not <laughs> on good. the they're not on the <laughs> Athletics New Zealand uh, fan plan they're, they're, yeah. they're doing their own things so. yeah, yeah yeah which they and, always have you yeah, know, because yeah, the renegades, they, was, yeah. they left school at, or left Hamilton at age yeah. 17, moved to Kenya. Mate, there Who was, does that? There was years, not one or two years, like years and years and years of them 
being literal renegades with no fans. People actively yeah. telling them that they were stupid, that they were doing the wrong thing, that they were wasting their lives. Mm. They should have gone to the States. They should have said, and you should have, should have, should have, should have. And they proved them all wrong. And they're not about to switch now and start listening to these people because they didn't listen to them then. Why would they listen to them now? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's exciting stuff. So um, also in, on that start list for Peyton Jordan was Nick Willis, but he didn't end up running. Not too right. sure why that was. Um, but he, he's very good at listening to his own body and working out what's, what's more important. And yeah. I know that he's lined up in a really good um, good mile race at the, or what's it called, the Prefontaine Mile at, yeah. um, in Oregon. Yeah, um, coming off an Olympic year, <laughs> we're not going to see the best Nick Willis, I don't think, this year. Nick, Nick would be fucking fuming if he heard me say this. <laughs> but, uh, he listens to the show. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be fuming right now. No, I just... Um, and he's not going to be doing anything different, but I just... Uh, he's... Ex- uh, I don't know. Looking at the patterns, he's going to run better next year than he does this year, and then better again, and then he'll have a a really good year in 2020 uh, leading into Tokyo, and hopefully at Tokyo. This year, uh, he'll do great. He'll still run way under 340, like amazing. But uh, I can't... Oh, it's a mile, so low 350s. Oh, no, no, no. If he runs a 354, I'd be surprised. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll I think see. usually this time of year he's sort of low three fifties at this race, um, but usually some of the Africans are just going crazy yeah. um, early season. Yeah. Um, whereas Nick usually times his peak um, a little bit, a little bit better around yep. the World Champs. So, yep. um, and I'm sure that would be his goal as well. So yep. that'll be exciting though because we've got all the big guns lining up: Centrowitz, Kiprop. Um, Silas Kiplagat, all the all the big names. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be, and be now, very cool to watch. We need to switch our attention to uh, domestically, and this yes. is still focusing back on not the not last week, but the week before. Yeah, there was the big one, mate. Rotorua Marathon. You were down there? Yes, I was. Tell us about your impressions of the day. Yeah, so we uh, we had a bunch of Tempo Fit runners uh, taking part on the day, and uh, a bunch of us were doing pacing as well. So I had the privilege of doing a bit of pacing in the half, which was fun. Um, and <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. Like, uh, so I was pacing the, I think it was the 120 group, and kind of you're sort of settling into that first first few hundred metres, 700 metres down the road, and I'm running next to people who are like, Breathing really, really hard. Like, man, you're you're almost hitting the wall at 700 meters into the race. But, so that's just a good little tip for people: do pace yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And paces didn't um, get a good outside view of it. Yeah. But um, leading that race, and we just saw him dis- disappear off into the distance. Run a solo um, 109 um, was Josh Josh Macy back from yeah. back from Melbourne. Yeah, um, good to see him. Good to see him yeah. back. Has he moved back, or has he just came back for the race? Oh, I think he just came back for the race. Yeah, I yeah. think he's working over there. So, oh, it's ni- nice um, to see one hundred nine twenty nine, which is not bad on that course. Taking the win from Sam Pendergrew and Simon Cochran. Yep. I need to get better at just rolling with these names sometimes. The women's Pindry, race. Pind- yeah, Pindry, yeah, yeah. Women's race arguably uh, had the quality with Olivia Byrne running 116.27. That stacks up pretty well yeah. on that curse. She won from Erin Furness and Megan Grant. So. so Team Barry McGee was really cleaning up. Yeah, they? I assume Josh is still running for with yeah, Barry. Um, yeah, he, he will be, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. then in the full, it was uh, a couple of Japanese tourists taking it out, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yuki Ogawa, um, a fantastic run in 2.21.58. Just took the race by the scruff of the neck. Oh, uh, Yuki was actually the women's winner, so oh, in 2.50. Yeah. I knew that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Saiki, Saiki, Saiki Makino, yeah. he won in 2.20. Oh, 2.22, I think it was. 2.21.58. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. (laughs) So, Saeki Makino uh, won the men's race, sorry, 2.21.58, and Yuki Ogawa, the women's race. So, uh, what was her time? Uh, she was about 2.50, just 2:50 scanning... 2.54.14, there you go. Yeah, scanning the results. Yeah, so uh, Ogawa bet in Rotorua local Johanna Otterson, um, who ran 2.55, and then uh, the person who finished second last year was third this year, so that's Katie Wyrell. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I coached Ka- Katie, and she she had such, literally a gutsy run, like she's had back problems, and yeah. um, she was puking on the last few Ks, and so big yeah. shout-out to her because she um, really had to dig deep to even just finish the thing. Yeah. Um, and she's got a podium three years in a row. Fantastic. She, she was hoping to complete the third, second, first, but with, with her back problems, it was never never going to happen this time around. Yep, cool. Um, in other races, what, oh, what else men's, has been going men's, on? Men's. Oh, oh, the men's? Well, so there was this Yuki Ogawa character, and yeah. he headed in uh, Chris Sanson, Have Shoes Will Race. Um <laughs> Sanson ran a personal best, 227.11, and he headed in uh, Jono Jackson. Uh, Jono ran 232.44. So, um, cool. yeah, pretty good. That's the fastest uh, It's the fastest winning time since Jonathan Wyatt ran 220 in 2001. Wow. So pretty, pretty good stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not often, but some years, you know, if you go into 230, you'll be winning Rotorua. Yeah. You know, so to have uh, to have the top two well under 230, it's good. I, Sanson, um, you know, he'll be gutted to have not won, but you can't control, you know, who how the quality of the Japanese visitor. Yeah. So, which there almost always is a Japanese visitor to uh, to Rotorua. I think there's some kind of a, a scheme between Rotorua Marathon and Yokohama Marathon, oh, or something okay. like yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah, some sort of an agreement. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it was cool, and I'd really encourage people. You know, Rotorua Marathon really is our. Um, it's the major I, leagues. It's the big leagues. Yeah, it's, it's the big leagues, but it's also like the it's the true blue Kiwi marathon. Yeah, like it's run by Athletics New Zealand. It's got a real community spirit. Like yeah. a lot of Rotorua locals take you, part. You and smell that um, deep heat on the start line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, um, watered um, down Powerade on the course. It's just <laughs> it's it's true grassroots marathoning, but at the same time, it, it's it's the big leagues. Yeah, There's a huge crowds. The town takes it. It's the big weekend for Rotorua. Like, I know Rotorua is an event city, but this is the big weekend. This is their biggest event. Yeah, yeah. So, So I'd really encourage people, if you are looking to do a marathon in New Zealand, probably do the one in your own town and then look at Rotorua as as the other option. Um, Yeah, it's a very cool event. And there's hot pools afterwards, which is the best thing ever. It is. It is fantastic. So, we're going to take a quick break and then be back with more news. All right. Break it down. A 
couple of quick mentions uh, from the other weekend. The Hanma Four Square Half Marathon um, down in Hanma Springs. You're so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going there. We have we have to give everyone a little shout out. Yeah, so Adam yeah, Jakes, yeah. he won it in one hour twenty, and then Lisa Bricknell in one hour thirty two, um, and then also down in Gore, the Gore Half Marathon. I didn't even know Gore had a half marathon, but I'm glad they do. I, I reckon that should be on people's bucket list. Do the Gore Half Marathon. We should do destination. We should race. come up with, and we could make this a show, like, and get get some uh, feedback from the listeners. Yeah. The New Zealand running bucket list. Yeah. So that I, would be a good you idea. You know, I would say we're here at the domain. I would say like running a lap of the domain with uh, with full clothes. <laughs> uh, should be on every every runner's bucket list, or John O. Jackson, or one of those guys. There's, you can keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like running running a lap of the domain with a with a New Zealand representative, because yeah. one of the great things about New Zealand is uh, anyone can come down to the domain here, and almost every uh, morning and evening. Uh, of, of every weekday, there's world class runners. Like I yeah. just saw uh, Cameron Brown actually. Yeah, Cameron Brown running around, uh, around. And when we pulled up, he's obviously he's probably had a swim this morning and then here doing a lap. So he's probably already biked 200k already. Yeah, yeah. And then a few races, you know, Auckland, Rotorua should be on the bucket list. But then yeah, Gore maybe Gore. The Gore Half Marathon. Gore Half Marathon. Anything else quickly just to... Because um, I think we put this out there for feedback. Yeah. So what would be on your defi- bucket list? No, definitely some trail races down south. Yeah. I would put in there. Yeah. Tatawira is probably getting up there as a, yeah. a bit of a bucket list. Yeah. But I would say also you want to throw in some other running routes, like doing the Tongriro Crossing as, as a run. Yep. Got to do that. Yep, done that. Um, that's extremely rewarding. Yeah. That is really good. That's really amazing. We almost died. Probably shouldn't have crossed that day. <laughs> but it was rewarding all the same. Yeah. Um, and it's not the same as it was in the 60s, but that Waitaroa loop that um, yep. Lydia did with his boys, yep. that's pretty legendary. And you learn it when you're going up West Coast Road how why they were so fit. So if, if, if you guys are actually listening out there, then what we're going to encourage you to do is uh, either, if you know us personally, you can hit us up on Facebook if, if you're feeling lazy, or email us krs at tempofit.org yep, and uh, just send us through a few of your ideas of uh, New Zealand running uh, bucket list items. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll go through that next week on the show for you. And so we do have to cover off the, the winners from the Gore Half Marathon. Do we, though? <laughs> we, okay, we have no, to. It's, we do. It's on the well, bucket list. Well done, guys. Shannon Gutzel took it out in 1.22. And then um, I'm assuming Tanya Copeland was the first of the, the females in 1.29. Yeah, wow, so, 1.29. Yeah, know, well done. It's one of kind of uh, those benchmarks, you know. I, I always think a female, if a female goes under 1.30, then, you know, that's, that's some pretty... Good, that's a good sort of uh, standard. You'll win most of these small half marathons around New Zealand. And so, yeah, yeah well done. Well done there. Also last weekend was the Breaking 2 project. Ugh. Now this is... Um, I've been waiting to do this show just so that I can um, get a rent out. Okay. Can I go into rant mode? Yeah, when well, you're ready. Hang, or hang what's on. what's your position on this? So you're you're going to go into a negative rant, right? I'm going to go into mostly negative. Rant. Okay, I've well, got least, positive things to say. Yeah, about it. I mean, I guess the positive is that it's exploring human boundaries and blah blah blah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you 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 go, Hayden. 
Well, okay. Here's what I love about it. Uh, when it first was announced, I was like, "Man, this is this is really cool," because they're, they're setting up a race just with the pure intention of breaking a record, breaking a time barrier. Um, but he, and they got really good hype around it. It was broadcast live. It was done really well. I had non-runners watching the thing. Like yeah. when do non-runners watch a marathon? Apparently, Kevin Hart was pretty funny and some, yeah. of, the, some of his stuff. So yeah, yeah they had yeah. Amazing. Carl, Carl Lewis was there. They yeah. brought out Carl Lewis. Yeah, Paula yeah. Radcliffe was there. Oh. Alison Felix was holding the finishing tape. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. that was the all-star athletics team. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's where it all went wrong for me. So Nike planning team sat down one day and they were like, right, we've got this, this project. We want a guy to run as fast as possible in the marathon. Um, ideally under two hours. How can we do it? Either we play by the rules and set this up to be an official record attempt. Yeah. But probably less likely to go under two, let alone break the world record. Yeah. Um, other option, tweak the rules, work outside the rules. Ignore the rules. Ignore the rules and still try to break two. Um, what are you going to choose from a marketing planning perspective if you're Nike? Um, you're obviously going to choose the one that's going to lead to the, the best chance of success. And that's, yeah, that's what the... Well, but this, is, this speaks to Nike, and Nike used to be better than this. Yeah. And I know they're not now. I know they're, they're just an international money-making conglomerate. They're, they're massive, and, and they put profits first, you know, child labour in third-world countries and all that terrible stuff, you know, doping allegations with the Nike Oregon Project. But when Nike started, it was a former athlete, Phil Knight, and, and he had a very much an athlete-first philosophy yeah. and a sport-first philosophy. So Nike was, and still to some extent maintains this perception of, of being um, positive for the sport and tied to the sport of athletics. And this, this attempt, I don't think, was good for the sport yeah. because from now on whenever the next five or six times that the world record is broken in the marathon the, the idiot some idiot journalist is going to say oh but it's not as fast as the Nike sub 2 attempt of 2.25 yeah, so yeah. they've actually I think they've done a bit of damage here yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm the same. And that, that's the thing, because people say to me, oh, but he still ran 42.195 kilometres. Um, but that, you could do it downhill. You could do it with a howling tailwind in Wellington. Yeah. You could have all sorts of things that, that can make you run faster in that 42.195. And that's why we have rules. And in particular, the big rule that was broken was the, the rule about pacing. Yeah. Um, so most races, when they're going for a world record, will have paces set up. Um, but the rule is that they have to start at the same time as the start of the race and then pull out. You can't jump in partway through the race. And so they had runners that would sub in um, into a sort of an arrowhead formation, which they had tested in a wind tunnel. So um, they were trying to get maximum benefit. But then they also had a Tesla six metres in front with a massive timing board in 
front of it. Um, yeah. And so I did a little bit of research into this and said, looked at, okay, how, how much time are they ex- expecting to save? So yeah. in still conditions, um, the running at the speed these guys were running, it's about a 3.8% um, energy loss, energy expense in yep. still conditions. But that's, that doesn't mean a 3.8% um, improvement on time. Does yeah, it's, it's not that simple. Time and energy are actually um, pretty um, linear, okay. um, linear relationship, so cool. pretty accurate. So um, if you... So what it means if you're running a two-hour marathon and you had a zero wind resistance, i.e. perfect pacing with a big wall in front of you pulling the air along with you, um, that's worth about six minutes. Wow. Um, I'd read, like, just just off-the-cuff statements that the Telsa... The, 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 the pacing Tesla, car, yeah. Tesla, sorry, uh, was the was the biggest influence yeah. on, on on the time. So that's good to have that backed yeah. up by your research. Yeah, well, the, the other I did a lot of research into. This. So the yeah. other research I picked up was um, they did some wind tunnel wind tunnel testing with runners. Um, and so if someone's one meter in front of you, um, you're saving about eighty percent of that that wind resistance in still yeah. conditions. Mm. So you put six runners in front of you plus a Tesla, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be about 100%. So it's yeah. a, you're talking about six minutes, which means Kipchoge's time... I love Kipchoge. He's an yeah. awesome runner. Yeah. Um, and he's run, what is it, the second fastest time of all time, 2.03.05. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that performance was probably only about a 2.05 at yeah. best. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, so, and to be honest, the way he was looking at the end, it didn't look like he was going super deep to the well like you see in the other marathons. I I wondered that. Um, I I, I don't know the ins and outs of what Nike offered these athletes. Um, I think they all signed up for the contract because it would be something like, oh, 100 grand be part of all this and we'll take you here here and here and they're like oh and they're kenyans and they're going yeah we'll take another hundred grand yeah but then um you know you put kipchoge on the line and he's like do i do this for no extra money or do i hold back a bit and and do new york in yeah, November? yeah. so yeah. yeah i i i had the same questions when i saw the finish i'm like well that's not what he looks like at the end of a race yeah so uh, it, it yeah. looked like he had, like, don't get me wrong, I, I think he ran a really incredible time and I could never get anywhere near that. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's up there with Kometo's no. 202. No. Um, and I don't think it's up there with his London effort last year. No. Um, no. It's it's still amazing, but yeah, and we'll, we'll never know exactly what, what yeah. it's worth. And, and uh, to go back to some of our original points, it, it's pointless. Who cares? Because it's not... A real performance, and what yeah. you know, what makes this uh, our obsession? You know, runners are black and white stats-driven people, um, and that's great. It's a part of the sport that I love as well. But it's not for the for the average, more casual fan. It's not what people are interested in. The sub four minute mile still has its allure, and the, the, this two-hour marathon has its allure. But if you get people down and you watch three or four guys or girls running a marathon, if you watch, you know, the last 10K of a marathon on TV and the race, 
the mm. race is what's enthralling. We need yeah. we need more racing. Yeah. I we, agree. we we need Kimito versus Caprito versus the Robertson twins. You yeah. know, like this is what the public want to see is good racing. They yeah. might not know it. Um, Nike should know it. Yeah. But you know, Nike has just seen here basically an opportunity to have a bunch of athletes all in Nike kit getting primetime TV coverage. Yeah. You know. And it's an arms race for the sub two. The first first shoe to go under two hours is going to be forever known as the first first shoe to go under two hours. Yep. And whether that was done in official um, man with a clipboard um, yeah. rules like we're talking about, and I feel like such the old man party yeah, pooper here, yeah. but I, I'm. I'm well, f- look, first time in my life that I'm being that guy. I, I won't be able to find this quote, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But there's um, Roger Bannister talks about it um, has has gone on record. They made an attempt at breaking the sub four minute mile earlier in the season before they got it at yeah. was it Eiffel Road? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was he he looks back on it now and says that he's very very grateful that that attempt didn't work because it was artificial and it wouldn't have felt right they had someone start the race with them and then get lapped oh, okay. and that yeah. person who was lapped then paced <laughs> the, the, the third lap I just got the stitch and I had to yeah, pull up for yeah. a lap and then and so he ended up running like 402 or 403 yeah and you know so it was they devised that as a way to go into four because it was this seemingly impossible barrier and they're like oh it might be cheating it might not be and Bannister has, has really clear and really str- he's really strongly stated that he's so glad that he didn't go under yeah. in those conditions because it, it wouldn't have been legitimate, and he just it would have made him feel hollow and empty. And Roger Bannister, Sir Roger Bannister, is you know he he legitimately was the first man to break four minutes for the mile. He did that in a legitimate race, and and that is pride that he can carry for the rest of his life. Mm. And and yeah, so it, it would have sucked if he had done it. Yeah, kind yeah. Of in a way that had a little asterisk next to it. Yeah. Which is what this sub two thing is doing. Yeah, it definitely is. And it really guts me because I, I meet so many casual runners on a daily basis and they're like, wow, wasn't it amazing someone came close to breaking two hours for the marathon? And then I'm like, oh, well, but, and I have to be that party pooper yeah. person. But I think it's being disingenuous to Dennis Comedo, to Kipchoge's other time. Yeah. Um, I think it's got to be on a level playing field. And if Nike came out next year and we're like, we're going to do an official world record attempt, we're going to get IAAF measures measures down there it's going to be all official we're going to aim for 202.30 yeah I would be so into that I'd be really into it pack it full of crowd make it a big social running event have a yeah. running festival with it yeah that would be awesome I'd be so into it but just play by the rules and don't don't go after marketing gain by pulling the wool over the public uh, yeah eyes. yeah, yeah. It's, anyway yeah it's interesting anyway right on to other news and let's start with uh one of my favorite events uh last weekend the new zealand 100 kilometer champs were on at, at hagley yeah, park yeah. um and mate um this is awesome the the ladies cleaned up oh yeah one two and three <laughs> the ladies absolutely dominated yeah um, and and really good good times. So uh, not a lady I've heard of, Katrin Gottish 
yeah, Gold Shack. Gold Shack. Uh, uh, Gold Shock. Uh, I'm not. Too sure. Sorry, Catherine. Yes. We've murdered your name. Um, but I have heard a name around around the place. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, she's she's. And if um, you're listening, Catherine, get in touch with us because we would like to get you on the show. Yeah, we'd love to have a chat because you've uh, you've run an amazing race, 100 kilometres in eight hours, 34 minutes and three seconds. Um, that is undoubtedly a qualifying time for the World Championships. Nice. It is the fastest time a woman has run in those championships since Winnie Wu Cosgrove. Uh, in 1999, and wow. Winnie Cosgrove was a world-class uh, ultramarathoner for New Zealand. She's got a yeah. quite distinctive um, Asian lady with a patch on her eye. She oh. she was really good for New Zealand over a number of years. So she's, uh, you know, 38, um, and just the week before, actually, um, she had won gold at the World Masters yeah. in the 35 to 39 category. So uh, she... You know, she's won a World Masters title and then backed it up the the next week with a a world-class national title-winning effort down in uh, Hagley Park. So, really good. So, what's that, about 5 minutes 30 per K, something like that? 5... Hang on. 5.40? Fives. Ultra. It's just no, Ultra no. It's like five, five tens. Five tens. Yeah, it's it's steaming. Wow. Yeah. That's good because I, I imagine you stop for lunch. No, <laughs> I would. No, <laughs> really, there's no stopping. Going. There's no stopping. Even <laughs> even slow pokes like me. What there's about no the stopping. Toilet? Yeah, you stop yeah. for the toilet. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the rest of the field was great. Um, Larissa. Um, Titchen of Sydney was second, uh, and Shannon Laylit, who's a pretty high-profile ultramarathoner from Christchurch, she was third. So second, 8:54, and third in 9:27, 9:27, and then uh, on the men's side, <laughs> good old David O'Sullivan. So he ran. He was third um, a couple of years ago when I was second. So uh, yeah, oh, he's, cool. yeah, he's, yeah, he's a really good guy from Wanaka, uh, and he was third in 9:47. Um, so behind the top three females, oh, but yeah, fourth, <laughs> yeah, fifth. Uh, you know he won't mind. He's, you know, he is a, uh, a volunteer firefighter, got a full time job, um, cool. and he's just got into this and gone. I want to be as good as I can at, at ultra marathon running. Uh, he's knocked over half an hour off his previous best time. Um, so you know, he, I, I know for a fact he won't be too bothered about being beaten by females. Particularly females who are that good. Yeah. Um, he's picked up a national title. So, okay. He, you know. Here's a um, here's a stat challenge for you. Do you know the New Zealand hundred k records for men and women? I uh, no. I know the men's holder is um, is it Matt Bixley? Uh, six hours something. Oh yeah. And the women's holder. Six hours. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. No. Nah, oh no. Nah. I don't know. Ah. Do you want me to check? Oh, feel free to. Yeah, I, yep, I can yep. fill in the next one. Yep. Um, so we've also got cross country starting up around around the country. So we've had a few uh, few different races going on. Notably, John Jackson coming up a week after his road to marathon effort, totally dominating things in um, in the first of the Auckland Grand Prix, um, and then. Also on Saturday, we had the Hawke's Bay International Marathon. So Sam Rifford, um, yeah, cleaned up basically he, two two twenty seven by a long margin, nineteen minutes. So that's yeah. basically thirty seconds per k ahead of um, second place William O'Connor um, in two forty five, and then Luke Herring for the little marathon debut. Would that be a debut for Luke? 
I don't know. That's a sneaky one, eh? Yeah, it's a sneaky one. Two forty-eight. There's a story there um, in uh, second place. William O'Connor. Yep. Um, he ran walked. Oh, nice. Cool. So he uh, is a he has a doctorate, a PhD in sports science. Coaches a few athletes down there in Palmerston North. Yeah. And he came up with this theory. Like he won the Taupo Ultra in its first year last year. So he's done some decent running, and he came up with the theory that. if you walked, did did a moderate amount of walking through the first two-thirds of the marathon, that would help you keep your legs fresh and run better towards the end. He mm. probably had a more scientific explanation that, than that. But basically ran 5K and then walked for about a minute yeah. between every 5K. Um, he was hoping to go under 245 or under... No, I think he was hoping to go under 240, but the wind really kicked up, so he kind of yeah. abandoned that plan. But, you know, that... You put that time into perspective, 247, and he's walking through the water stations. Yeah. Um, so he came through 32K in fourth place, and then he ran the last 10K. Oh, and, nice. And, and passed those others to yeah, finish second. Yeah. So. Well, it's a common tactic amongst Ironman athletes to do that, either walking the aid stations or w- walking every 10 minutes or so for 30 seconds. And Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite common amongst other other types of yep. long distance running um, yep. so yeah good stuff and then in the ladies we had Marissa Ruter did she take it out I'm just scanning the place um, yes yep. so Marissa Ruter in 304 um, and then in second place Michelle Law 316 and Wing Yu in 317 yeah and possibly the on paper the best race was the men's half marathon which yeah. had a huge upset result yeah, I know. Massive upset result. I would like to know if Daniel Wallace was um, not running as hard as he could have. Because uh, no, I, I think don't he know. just oh, I don't know. We'd, we'd have I to ask know, him. But the course of the, it was very windy on the day. But yeah. so Chris Sanson, madman, um, backing up of Rotorua Marathon, which yep. was the week before. Yes. Yeah. So a seven week, days before. Seven days ago, Chris Sanson ran a PB in the marathon of two twenty seven. Then he backs up and runs. He was going to run the marathon here, but because of the conditions, he made a last-minute call to switch to the half, and he wins it in... In 1-12-14. 1-12-14. That's not the big story. The big story is who he beats. Yeah, so he, he beat Daniel Wallace, who's uh, one of our, our top top domestic runners, but he's, he spends most of his time overseas, to be honest, so I yeah. don't know if we can call him a domestic runner. Yeah, yeah. He's but run he, like he's a got some really quality. five or something? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like he's run under 30 minutes for 10K. Oh, yeah, no, times. definitely yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a really, um, really quality runner, um, and from what I understand it, um, how I understand it, Wallace put in a bit of a move, 3K to go, yep. Sanson just hung tight, I was in the hurt box, but hung tight. And sense that he comes from an Ironman background, so everyone would assume he's that got he no sprint. Has no, he's got withering speed. Really, I like I, I'm long since should have been a miler. Long since passed, possibly I don't know. He's a slow twitch guy, but with yeah. a great finish. Like I'm long since past my best, but. Like no, no, not to not to throw barbs at you, but I'd kill you over a hundred. <laughs> like I'm. I'm, I legitimately have better than average speed. Yeah. And I did. A, I've done a couple of casual sprints against Chris, and it's 
Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he's fast, and so he sprinted from two hundred and just um, just smashed him. Wow. So maybe Wallace uh, wasn't expecting that, or maybe he just had a casual approach to the race. But yeah, yeah, yeah we don't know. So Ryan McAllister came home and won fourteen and third. Yeah, um, and then over in the ladies, we had Laura Nagel taking it out in one twenty nine. So cool to see her stepping up to the half marathon distance. I yep. think it was her first half marathon. I don't know, but anyway, she'd been on holiday for a couple of weeks and hadn't really run, so she yeah. bets her home time, hometown half marathon. Yep. Um, and then Hilary Davis in second in 125, and Grace Ritchie in third, 126. So, oh, wow. well, well done, everyone. Fantastic. Hey, look, and uh, an update on these 100 kilometre records. So, the woman's 100 metres, uh, 100 kilometres, belongs to Winnie Woo Cosgrove. Okay. So, 8.02.15 is our national record. Wow, nice. So that's flying. And the men's record is 6 hours and 38 minutes. It's not who I said it was. It was Russell Prince. Um, so he ran that all the way back in uh, 1990. So run run that by me again. Six, six 6.38. Hours, 6.38. I'm just plugging it into Excel and we can, we can get some splits um, divided by 100. 3.59 per K. Yeah, under four minute Ks. And, and so, what was the other one for the ladies? Eight, 8.03. 8.03. Um, right, little copy and paste. 4.50 for the ladies per wow. K. Yeah. Man, 3.59 for 100 K. That's. And when was that set? Sorry. 1990. See, that's solid for back then when ultramarathoning yeah. wasn't as big a bigger yeah. thing. I mean, it's the championships are big now, but the world records are not significantly better than what uh, there. There was an amazing yeah. Greek guy, Giannis, something or other, um, and uh, you know he's his world records still stack up really, really well today. Um, so yeah, it's it's much. There's much more depth and competition now, but the the times that people were running back then still stack up really well. Like six, yeah. if you went and ran six thirty eight at the world champs, you'd, you'd have a solid chance of being a top ten yep. finisher. So okay, that, that's really good running. Yeah, it's not many. And I would suggest, you know, Aussie is actually doing um, some active recruiting of ultra marathon runners. Oh. So they're saying, oh, have you run a marathon? You know, and for guys, have you run between 2.30 and 2.45 for the marathon? You know, do you want to make an Australian team? Yeah. Come and run the the, New Z- the Aussie 100km champs. Wow. We're trying to get together a really good team. <laughs> cool. You know, and you-, you can have a lot of success as, as a, as a you know, a, an ultra-marathon runner. It suits yeah. certain psychological predispositions madness yep. some would say um, but and there's a lot more exposure I think you can get in, in the social media you know if you're a 29 minute guy like say Daniel Wallace yeah. you can sort of get buried in the, the noise yeah. of yeah. the many other guys running yeah, under yeah. 30 minutes like ob- objectively um, many people would say Daniel Wallace is a better athlete than say Vajan Armstrong sorry yep. that's my phone but Vajan Armstrong 
has much more publicity, much, much, uh, a much greater number of people would know yeah. who he is and what he's doing with his uh, running career. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, interesting. yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Also in the news, we had the St Clair Vineyard Half Marathon, which is a big one in Blenheim. Um, so Leroy De Beer took that out in one hour twenty, and the ladies Megan Craig took it out in one twenty-four. And any other news that we need to need to cover off? Oh, I'm just looking to see what happened in the States. Uh, Jordan Rackham ran a great uh, 1500 PB of 3.47. So yeah, over nice. in the States, there's got to be at least 10 guys going under 3.50. Yeah, I saw Craig Lordenslager yeah. ran a 3.46 PB. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see that, that yeah. list. Ho- Holly Manning runs 2.11 over 800. Nice. Uh, and Cameron Avery continues to impress 14.40 over 5K. Cool. So really heading in the in the right direction. So a big PB for Cameron Avery, um, Rebecca Green, four twenty eight for fifteen hundred. Also very impressive. Cool. So um, off road news: uh, the great Cranley Coldy Run um, was in the Coromandel this past weekend. Uh, that is one of our, you know, it's a it's a kind of a traditional, yeah, it's a bit of a classic yeah, one. Yeah, eh? yeah, really popular with those kind of Bay of Plenty Waikato runners. Um, and, and a, a well-known Bay Plenty runner, Chris Morrissey, took the win in 2.41 from Dennis DeMonchi in 2.52. And the women's r- winner, Cecilia Flory, 3.11, taking it from Rosie Watson in 3.20. So Awesome. Um, other various distances there, as there often is with the uh, off-road runs. Yeah, uh, and we also had the Nugget in Waihi, so not too far away, um, with Matthew Scott taking out the 21K in 1.56. Pretty solid time. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, yeah, and then the ladies, Katie Dawson, two or eight, so not wow. too far behind. So really good running. Yeah, lots of lots of great running, everyone. So um, loving it. Um, what's what's up for you for the coming week? Uh, Anything exciting? Any runs on the plan? Yeah, I've been doing a bit of. Oh, look, I, I'm Keegan, the athlete, uh, para athlete that I coach. He, he's off to World Champs in just over a month, or basically nice. a month. So going to go with him? No. And jump in the suitcase? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't, can't take that much. He's, yeah. he's, his whole tour, because he's doing Fiji and then Wales yeah. and then, then England, um, the whole thing is like over four weeks. Cool. So, well, cool, Far yeah, cool, cool for him, but yeah. I can't take that much time off work. Um, <laughs> if only. Yeah, yeah, so that might be something I do in the future but I think it's kind of good for him to be thrown in the deep end and not have me there yeah. um, but we're, we're catching up a lot so my running is warming up with him yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I kind of think tempo run <laughs> yeah yeah kind of is actually he's, you've seen it you saw yeah him he's looking really fit and it's, yeah. it's just building and building on this so my yeah. training is kind of just jogging around with him um, but I've discovered that it doesn't actually work that well. Like I get in the warm up and the warm down, but in between, I kind of think, oh yeah, I'll be able to jog in his recoveries, but I, you can't because I'm coaching, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. So um, the answer is no, not a lot of coaching, uh, not a lot of running, but a lot of coaching. Um, that's going really, really uh, well. So. You should you should take up a little um, technique that I use with our runners at one workout. I said you've got to hit your paces per k, mm. and every time you come through, it, for every second that you're out, I'm going to do a burpee. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be good motivation for them to hit their paces. No, but they're, they're like, like, yeah, we're going to 
dog this workout. Yeah. I've never done so many burpees in my life. Oh, terrible. Yeah, so terrible. Was, uh, but you can try that one. <laughs> Keegan usually hits his bases, so I might yeah. be all right. Yeah. What about yourself? What's what's on the agenda for the next couple of weeks? Uh, so... Yeah, not not much really. Just the the same old. I'm sort of hitting 100, 120 k a week. Yeah, couple of workouts a week, That's and good. yeah, I've, I've sort of got into a groove. I used to try and do my tempo runs faster, and yeah. now I've been sort of hovering more like marathon pace. And they're actually just they don't nail me as much and I'm able to do more of them so I'm able yeah. to get two quality workouts in a week rather than feeling like I'm recovering from the other one whereas yeah yeah so that's been nice actually and so doing marathon pace then finishing stronger so yeah, yeah. so it, it's quite cool yeah and and um, I guess other than that you were just some of that we're both pretty busy so yeah. apologies yeah. A lot for, going on for not getting life. a show out last week but hopefully you've enjoyed this one um, do remember to hit us up on uh, KRS at tempofit.org. Yep. Um, we would love to uh, hear your thoughts on the New Zealand running bucket list. What events and runs do you think should be on that? Um, also, feel free to hit us up on Facebook if you want. Um, hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any other feedback, do give us an email. Um, Absolutely. But until next time, happy running, guys. See you later. Break it down.